All content discussed on Music Helps is for educational purposes only and expresses the individual opinions of Nina Clark and Musical Walkabout and should not be construed as personalised medical advice. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Consult your GP for any medical issues you may be experiencing. This entire disclaimer also applies to any and all guests and contributors on the Music Helps podcast. Well, hello and welcome to Music Helps, a joyful exploration of the myriad ways to support well-being with music. I am your host, Nina Clark, a musical activist and founder of Musical Walkabout CIC. We provide inclusive music services, co-curated for and with people living with a dementia and caregivers, and we deliver those services in person and online. The purpose of Music Helps as a podcast is to promote the use of music to support our well-being. And with these discussions with our guests, we get to dig into those wonderful myriad ways that we can do that and, uh, and try and make those easy, fun and rewarding. I'm very excited to introduce today's guest. It is uh, my sincere pleasure to welcome today's guest on Music Helps. Pippa Kelly is a dementia activist, a blogger, an author, host of the brilliant podcast, which she started during the first COVID lockdown, Well I Know Now, in which Pippa and her guests discuss what their dementia experiences have taught them, and in which Pippa shares an advocacy born from the care of her mother, who lived with dementia in her final years. A frequent public speaker, expert panellist and contributor to the evolving public discourse on the subject of dementia, Pippa's articles and blogs have been published everywhere from The Guardian to The Huffington Post. Her debut novel, Invisible Ink, is out now and is described as a mesmerising novel of guilt, loss and betrayal. It is a great delight to welcome you today, Pippa. Thank you so much for joining us. I don't know. It's a complete pleasure. Real pleasure. Marvellous. So... Just before we get started with our questions, is there anything you'd like to share with our listeners about um, who you are, your experiences, and uh, you know, and and anything your initial thoughts on using music to support uh, your well-being? Well, Nina, as soon as you asked me to come on the podcast, I knew I wanted to because the importance of music to people with dementia, the way that it can enhance their lives, is a great passion of mine. Mm. Um, I encountered it completely by chance with my own mum, which I you know, will tell you about in a minute. Um, but subsequently, as I've you know, become more involved with dementia from the other side of the fence sort of thing, as a, well, as you say, as a sort of campaigner, activist, whatever, whatever you want to call me, or writer, um, I've really learned about why neurologically it does have this amazing impact on people's brains. Um, for my money, the best description of how music helps people with dementia from a neurological perspective is in Sally Magnusson's really beautiful exquisite memoir about her mum Mamie Baird. Mm. So Sally Magnusson is a very uh, well-renowned journalist who operates north of the border in Scotland, uh, the daughter of Magnus Magnusson of mastermind fame and Mamie Baird who was also a journalist, her mum and uh, Sally realised that when her mum uh, when her mom's dementia was really very, very advanced, 
and she could barely speak, she could still sing these fantastic Scottish ballads and things. And then she, being a journalist herself, Sally researched this, she went to New York, she spoke to neurologist Dr. Frank uh, Gunmore, I think was his name, and various other people. And one of the things she says is that uh, the past embedded in amber, music, the one thing dementia cannot destroy. And that she's got from Oliver Sacks, who said the past, which is not recoverable in any other way, mm. is embedded in the music as if in amber. It's a beautiful way of saying the way that, um, and apparently it's because music has so many different sort of elements and strands to it. You'll know this as a musician, um, you know, the lyrics, the cadence, the rhythm, the, it, you're using lots of bits of your brain that are firing their neurons and they're the last bits to go as it happens. Mm. Um, so uh, it's like a tip of the tongue moment and something will catch and something will make that connection. And boy, if you see it, as I have actually, I've looked at your brilliant work that you do and some of the videos you've got with people living with dementia in care homes where you go in particular, it is very, very magical to see them. I know there's another very famous video called Alive Inside, but they mm. do sort of come alive. Their eyes suddenly become alert again and they start tapping their feet and they start moving and they start sort of be being rejuvenated. It's absolutely incredible to yeah. watch. So, um, yes, I, I'm, you know, I just thought I can think of nothing better than to talk about the power of music for those with dementia on a Wednesday afternoon, to be frank. <laughs> oh. Yes. Oh my goodness. What what a beautiful uh, descriptive your um, your passion for this subject. Thank you. Um, I I would like to um, delve into some of your experiences um, and perhaps you can share a bit about your experience um, with your mother in her last years and perhaps if there were ways that music were impactful in your relationship with yeah. your mum. Yes, so my mum was almost entirely uneducated, actually. Uh, she was a minor's daughter from Derbyshire. She's an incredible life. Um, but she did love music. I mean, nothing kind of grand or anything, but she loved, you know, like that generation. She loved Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin. She did get into him. One of her favourites was American Pie. So all that sort of thing. I do have visions of my mum, always a bit eccentric or um, mm -hmm. it's a kind of dancing around the kitchen. She had a habit sometimes putting a tea cosy on her head, you know. Why not? Um <laughs> So, but yeah, she did. <laughs> You're a great hat person. That's all that too. And I love those glasses. I don't know where you got the flamingos. That's for another story, another time. Um, no, she did love music, but I wouldn't say she was kind of musical. But the thing that was very, very powerful, and I forgive me if people listening to this may have heard it before, but actually, it was the most extraordinary thing happened on the eve of my mum's death, um, and it was completely by chance, which is a reason as well why I do what I do because. This was completely by chance. I had no idea of the power of music. Absolutely zilch, nada. Um, when my mum was living and then died with dementia, which is you know why I call my podcast, Well I Know Now, because it's mm. like, well, I know now, but I didn't know then when I needed to know. Yeah. And so many people tell me that. Mm. Everybody's always saying, well, I know now. Um, anyway, it was, my mum had, by then, she'd been living with dementia for eight or nine years, a long time anyway. Mm. And uh, really by this stage for the last sort of two years of her life, at least, if not longer, she'd been in her nursing home bed, curled up, sort of in a, almost a fetal position, not being able to speak, not being able to move, being fed pureed food by the carers, this sort of thing, which 
so many of us are familiar with. And I'd had the call from the nursing home several times in the previous, well, I have to say year, really, or years, you know, oh, your mum's got an infection. We think you should come down. I'm about an hour and a half away. Um, and this particular time, it happened to be Christmas Eve. And I got the call, oh, your mum's not very well. And to be perfectly honest, I nearly didn't go because it's mm. Christmas Eve. I was really busy. I was rushing around doing the shopping. I had a young daughter at the time. And uh, I think, well, I've been here before. Anyway, my husband, who's quite good at this sort of thing, doesn't please me to say that, but he is, <laughs> sort of said, no, go because you never know. And how would you feel? It was great yeah, advice. Um you know, you must always think about what you'd feel on the other side. Well, this will be the time, and mm. it will be one day. Um, so I did go down. And on the way down, literally, as I was driving down, because the other thing when people have very advanced dementia is what do you actually do when you get there? Mm. You've driven a mile. You love your mum. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But sure. she is. And now I know better than to say this in a way. But, no, I was thinking, well, she's sort of almost, you know, gone sure a horrible thing How do you to say make I'm that really sorry time meaningful yeah and I thought one thing that mum absolutely loved was the um service of nine lessons and carols from King's College Cambridge that is every Christmas Eve at three o'clock it was a family tradition um she was strange my mum because she was in service to mm. people first of all the Duke of Newcastle underline you know when she was 12 years old because we used to think how did she get a taste for these finer things in life and we realized that mm. Why? Anyway, one of the things she loved was the nine lessons and carols. And thought, oh, you know, yeah, I can get there in time. I can get there just in time for three o'clock and I can listen to it with her on the radio. How lovely. Well, I got there in time. I put the little radio on beside her bed and the nine lessons and carols always starts with Once in Royal David City and it's a lone chorister's voice. And, you know, this is one of the lovely things about Christmas and these rituals and traditions that they're the same and... So I put it on, and she must have listened to that. Oh, I don't know, you know. I mean, she was nearly, she was 89 when she died. Mm. Um, and I put it on, and she spent nearly all her time sleeping and everything. Anyway, all she did was open her eyes, but as soon as she heard this voice, once in Royal Davis City, this beautiful, pure mm. chorister's voice, she just opened her eyes. It's a definite connection. She just stared at the ceiling. I can't even say she looked at me. So it was very powerful at the moment because she definitely connected to that music. Mm. And we sat there and I held her hand, or as best I could, and we listened to the Nine Lessons and Carol. And then I drove home. And I felt very moved by this experience that she'd opened her eyes. And then the next day was Christmas Day and I got the call at about... I was waiting and phoning them a lot, but then I got a call about 8 o'clock or something in the evening. You do need to come down now. Drove down. I got there five minutes too late. Oh. My mum had already died. And it being Christmas Eve, it wasn't the normal carers. And, mm. and, and, you know, somebody just coming up the corridor just sort of saw me and I said, I'm from this, you know, for Kay Kelly. And they said, she's oh, gone. My gosh. So, but it was hugely comforting mm. to know that mum and I had sat. And I now know, it's kind of phrase, that, uh, you know, that was the best thing I could possibly have done. And that music would have been almost in her DNA. It would have run through her blood sort of thing, through her mm. veins. And um, so how wonderful that we'd done that. And, of course, I know she probably heard it. Mm. Uh, and it would have been, I know she would have loved it. So It's an anchor um, as well, isn't it? It anchors you to a time and a place. That, absolutely. That song. Uh, 
absolutely. So now um, I, you know, always used to anyway, but now when I listen to that on a Christmas Eve, um, I'd already got this little sort of thing of list, of, of making my mum's uh, recipe for stuffing on Christmas Eve, um, which is delicious if anybody wants to know. It's <laughs> apricots, pecan nuts and root ginger. It's absolutely Ooh. delicious. And I, I listen to my lessons and carols and I make her stuffing from her recipe. And I just have a little hour's connection with my mum every Christmas Eve when I do it. It's what very special. A beautiful legacy of that moment that you've embedded as a ritual in your own future as well. That's absolutely beautiful and very moving. And I'm, I'm so um, heartened and inspired by your honesty when you speak about these experiences and particularly the concept of, well, I know now. So my own um, maternal grandmother passed away from dementia and I'm a musician and I didn't think to you make those connections. I was in my 20s, but that's... Yeah you know, you still have this collective yeah. guilt that you carry around uh, at the concept of having wasted a resource like that. So it's so beautiful to hear of these moments where it's perhaps even a somewhat stumbled upon and then discovered yeah. in that way. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. amazing. Well, I'm going to get us to delve now even deeper. We're going to start uh, with a few little questions, little uh, thought-provoking moments. And I'm Crikey. going to encourage. <laughs> I'm just going to encourage yeah. you to to draw upon your own experiences as well of how music helps you as well as those around you and and our loved ones and people where we've witnessed that. So we're going to start by just thinking about, and you've already given us one very moving one, but perhaps a musical memory of a time when music helped you. This is the way that music. Um, we had a reunion of my school friends, and I'm absolutely. We worked out, we'd known each other for half a century. <laughs> and so we all met at grammar school. We were 10, 11. Some of us were even younger because we met earlier than that. And uh, um, so we, you know, compiled a playlist, as you do now, for these get-togethers. And yeah. um, by the end of the evening, we were dancing around the kitchen, you know, dancing to things. And as soon as you hear the 1970s, so it's Fleetwood Mac, mm. um, you know, you are back there and we were back there and it released memories for us and then we started to really go down you know memory oh, lane with it beautiful. and uh yeah the way that music and I heard a track because somebody else was playing them you know and honestly because it was our teenage years I'm back in that boy's car you know <laughs> right oh my god that was so and so yeah, so evocative yeah. <laughs> it's a time machine. Yeah, <laughs> There's that combination yeah. of, of something nostalgic that is also uh, anchoring you in the moment as well. So it's, In the moment now. Exactly. So it's able to transport you back to another time, but it's it's making you very present in your body and, and your senses and, and everything that's being evoked from that memory. Such a powerful sort of confluence of, of senses and experiences, isn't it? Very, very, very complex, I think, at yeah. one level, yeah. Are there any tools that you like to use when you go to music? And are they easy, fun and rewarding? Because we always like to promote them to our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and I don't know whether this is exactly what you're talking about, mm. but um, I find it interesting because I know it does really help people with dementia as well. And there are lots of examples of this. But um, if I am feeling um, that I need a bit of time out, from you know the busyness and 
the ups and downs of life. Um, as uh, we were just talking before we started recording, I, I, well, I've got two dogs. I was out on this dog walk and I was a bit delayed. Sorry, but you know, so, <laughs> but I will sort of take them out, which, which can be not so relaxing as was one of them weighs 30 kilo. But anyway, um, I, but I put AirPods in my ears and there's something about them being mm. right in your ears. It does seem to really go into your head better. I feel myself relaxed through that mm. and I will do it. I don't have to be walking with the dogs actually. I will just, you know, put, put the uh, AirPods in my ears. Mm-hmm. It's sort of immersive then. I think that's probably the right word. Lovely, yes. And so I can, I can switch off um in a way that I don't a lot I tend to be quite on the go sure and so that would make me sort of stop and just calm myself down a bit Mm. um and I've been really interested in the way that you know various people including so I didn't mean to keep going back to Sally Magnuson but obviously she founded playlist she founded playlist for life just tremendous tool it's incredible and you know, again, she had realised this. It's the AirPods in the ears that really have this. It sort of blanks out the rest of the world somehow, doesn't it? And you are very much You're surrounded in... by the sound. It's internalised almost. I love it. So I'm going to introduce a tool now, my own music tool. So this is um, a prototype of something that is soon to be uh, released on Musical Walkabout's website, which is something called a musicalidoscope. So it's essentially based on the Wheel of Fortune and it has nine categories and it is a way of exploring music uh, choices together. So this is based, it's sort of a physical manifestation of musical walkabouts practice and our ethos. So Mm. are you ready to spin the musical eidoscope, Pippa? Oh, Craigie, as you now know, I don't like it being turned on me, but yeah, go on, spin away. It's all good. So we're just going to go and it will land on a certain category and then we'll have a think. Oh, it has landed on moods. So what sort of mood music do you enjoy? And it might be today or it might be when you're cooking dinner or whatever. So when I'm cooking dinner, I quite like to put jazz on. Yeah. Now we're talking. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I love a bit of Miles Davis or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I just, there's something about jazz yes I don't know why I just when I'm cooking I like a bit of jazz it maybe it's about the beats or something mm. I don't know it's very potentially stuff. very relaxing as well Miles Davis is beautiful music to yeah to I sort tend of have to like a glass of wine jazz. yeah yeah I love saxophone mm. I just think it's sort of sexiest instrument I just like <laughs> and uh, I rather like the piano uh, my husband did kind of woo me Oh, piano. I think you can cook, you can play the piano, and uh oh, now he's a catch. (laughs) (laughs) So, you're creating sort of a a relaxing mood there, but if you need to get yourself sort of up and ready in the morning, Uh, oh, if I want to do that, then I have a few songs. I have New York, New York, Frank Sinatra. (laughs) I have, I know this is a very Marmite thing, but I will put on a bit of Coldplay if I want to sort of like, you know, Viva La Vida. So if I want to get up dancing, mm-hmm. um, I will also always put, you have things, don't you, with music that, so if I'm at a party with a certain group of friends, then always, really showing my age here, <laughs> but always, I want to have the girl from Ipanema. There's a particular oh. person that we always dance to that together. Mm, that's, that's gorgeous. 
That's one I of the best the songs. So just full stop. I know. And I also love, um, and then she went and spoiled it all by saying something stupid. Like, <laughs> Gorgeous. <laughs> I love that. I mean, I do like, like my mum, I do like Frank Sinatra. I mean, oh. you Nancy Frank. Like, he taught yeah. the world to sing. Well, yeah. you did so beautifully on that. I'm going to get you to spin it again, Pippa. <laughs> Uh-oh, it has landed on genres and styles. I mean, I'm much more drawn to, well, I love the sax, but basically I'm more drawn to piano strings than mm. I am to brass. I, I'm very eclectic, really, yeah. in my in my. Uh, I can't, I can't pin mine down to any one thing. It depends upon the day and the circumstance. And, and I think the more eclectic we are in our tastes, the, the more variety of beautiful experiences we're going to have. And sometimes, I mean, I was saying again, you know, something personal happened. We had a very shocking bereavement recently. Mm. But because I think it was so shocking, I, um, I just was listening more to much lighter music. Just some nice, happy, uplifting. Um, you know, my daughter's got some sort of uh, playlists. You know, really light, just uplifting. And then there'll come a point where I will want to just sort of listen to a few more sentimental ones mm -hmm. and remember. Yeah. But for the moment, it was just too abrupt a shock. And mm -hmm. I wanted to just sort of say, no, I need to just, yeah. you know. Keep it lifted. Uh, a little bit lighter. Um, well, I think this fascinating conversation should be wrapped up with a music helps top tip it could be something very tiny yes I think as I've grown older I have I think you know tried to explore more so uh I've opened my mind to more things and then I've been very surprised to discover that um actually I do like Benjamin Britten and I do mm. like which I would never have thought I did <laughs> um but actually they you know go with an open mind and mm. uh, you'd be surprised and actually, music is very much like that because also music is so categorised. Mm -hmm. Even if I say that, I'm thinking to myself, you sound a complete plonker talking about Benjamin Britten Opera because, you know, there's something very sort of classist about it, isn't there? And I know opera singers now on Leslie Garrett herself trying to sort of break that all down. But, you mm -hmm. know, it's like you have the opera and Glyndebourne and the Royal Opera House and sure. all that. And then you have pop music and it seems like there's a whole oh, factional life. All, marketing no, people are always trying to pocket things yeah. down, aren't they? But and it's bigger than that. It's much bigger than that. And so just, I suppose, well, this is ridiculous, but just listen, you know, because just yeah. listen to everything. And even if it's an advert, which have wonderful music, don't they? Mm. Or, or a computer game or a, I don't know, you know, whatever it is, just... I've taken to, which my husband sort of does instinctively because he's much more musical, if he hears something... Mm. He would just write it down. Yeah. He's got this book that yeah. I gave him. So, but I have started to try and do that now in mm -hmm. terms of, you know, what I want to listen to. The trouble with me is I can never find the blooming piece of paper or whatever <laughs> it is. Right but um, I am trying yeah. to create a little sort of more systematic approach to it. Um, because I love ballet. I did ballet myself for, for 15 years and I absolutely love it. And I've only got to hear... Sleeping Beauty, or um, I was really lucky last week I went to Cinderella. Mm. Um, and, you know, I hear some of these scores and um, they can really move me because I will always see it. I will also see the movements. Mm. Um, so that would be actually, to answer one of your earlier questions, somewhere where I would definitely go to some ballet music. Mm, um, beautiful. 
I love your idea of just like listening though. Just be open to where the music might be coming from. And it could be outside of your, uh, you know, personal lived experience, but having that curiosity and that open mind and, and uh, what George Michael, uh, listen without prejudice, that idea of, of being open to possibilities, I think is a fabulous tip that we Completely. can all take on. We can all take it on. And the other thing, which is not quite musical, but it sort of is. Um, and um, I never tire of saying that Wendy Mitchell is my sort of hero. Wendy Mitchell is with dementia, best-selling author, um, and a lovely way about her, a lovely gentle way of teaching us all so much. I'm just you know, pretty awestruck by Wendy. One of the things that her dementia's made her do is slow down from being a very fast living person. Mm. And she has become an amazingly good photographer. I recommend everybody look at her photographs on Twitter. They are stunning. But also she talks about birdsong. Mm. And because I do listen to quite a lot of what Wendy says mm. and what she writes, I now try and listen much more just to nature. Gosh. There's a lot of music in nature. I mean, birdsong is extraordinary. And it sounds a bit, again, sort of twee and ridiculous. But Not at all. Actually, it's enormously it's grounding. Just the mouth and it's incredibly relaxing so if I am stressed again sometimes I will take the positive decision not to put the airpods in my ears when I go walking the dogs because if you are in a nice you know country environment countryside environment um to hear anything you know a song thrush a skylark is amazing when you hear the first cook in the spring or it's just magical Mm -hmm. and because you never know when you're going to hear it and you're really having to listen out and you think did I you know (laughs) I think I just heard it and then you're listening again and you think yes definitely some um you know blackbirds around or whatever it is and you start and you can even stop and it's funny how nowadays we seem to be searching the whole time for slowness Mm. stopping getting off this sort of hurly-burly it's almost like we're not designed for it (laughs) we're not designed for the hurly-burly well i love that pippa it sounds like your tip is slow down and listen yeah that's a beautiful message and neither of which (laughs) oh oh (laughs) i i do not expect any of the music helps top tips to be easy to achieve necessarily but they are beautiful aspirations and intentions that we can set for ourselves and and things also that we can you know look for um in our surroundings and and you know who we surround ourselves with are they people who are slowing down and listening because that's often a big part of it isn't it who we build our families and communities to be oh pippa i am so absolutely delighted to have spent this time with you thank you so much um before i uh do our exit trail are there any signposts that we can put up to your fabulous work for our listeners obviously your website is a tremendous resource that's pippakelly.co.uk i believe that is yes and there's my podcast which you can find through that there's a yes. podcast tab and you'll find it. you can listen to the podcast on any mm-hmm. podcast platform well i know now um yes i'm saying that actually not to promote myself but the people that i have no, on it's the podcast, a tremendous podcast they're just, no they're just extraordinary people 
Well, Pippa, it's been a delight. I can't wait to talk to you again. Um, I hope that your return to music helps in a future season. Um, and that just leaves us to say thanks to our listener for tuning in today. That's tremendously kind of you to spend time with us. If you want to hear more from Music Helps, show your support by liking, rating, reviewing, subscribing to the podcast. Uh, if you want to check out more of Musical Walkabout shenanigans, follow at Musical Walkabout on all the usual socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, potentially one day TikTok. Um, to get involved with our projects or for more information on the Musical Walkabout ethos, simply visit our website, musicalwalkabout.com. And please leave a message or a comment for us to let us know how music helps you because that's how we keep the conversation going and keep the music flowing. Thank you again, Pippa, for spending some time with us and sharing your fascinating stories. Toodles! Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da